0: A lot of times it's it's too good to be true, right? If it sounds too good to be true and if they're saying you're going to get rich quick and it's easy, no such thing, run, run, run as fast as you can, can't catch me, I'm the gingerbread man. That's a story I've been reading with my son, but that's that's basically how I'd approach those things. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, Certified Financial Planner and Founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Here's an important compliance disclosure. This podcast is for informational purposes only and are not to be considered recommendations. It is recommended to consult your trusted financial professional before implementing any information obtained from the Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Hello. Welcome to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Today, I'm excited to talk to you about Beware of the Advice You Take. My family and I have been gearing up, we've been mostly staying in our house that the last few months ever since quarantine. So we, we started decorating for the fall and now Halloween just a, a few weeks ago already. So uh, we're definitely already into the Halloween spirit, starting to watch videos and movies and listen to different Halloween music and It made me think of some of the crazy things that I see from time to time and hear about as far as taking advice from people that maybe don't know your whole financial situation. And so, probably, although they mean well, shouldn't be necessarily giving you advice, or at least when when they do, hopefully they encourage you to to do additional research and kind of do additional education, make sure that their situation is going to fit yours. So, I'm going to cover quite a wide range of things that you need to be aware of when it comes to the advice that you might be taking. And I think you can guess already about all the different popular places and people where you can get advice from, whether it's solicited or not. So it's very common, family, parents, uh, like giving advice. They most, most of our parents and families didn't really talk about financials, education, or finances all that much while we were growing up. But now as we're becoming adults, they do tend to to speak up a little bit more and kind of try to give us direction and guidance on some of those things. So friends, family, coworkers is a big one. Then there's their salespeople, right? There's people trying to sell you something and giving you advice as to why you should be making that purchase. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't, but you will want to make sure that you understand there's definitely conflicts of interest when you're working with a salesperson their their thing is usually the best thing that they're trying to sell even though that might not be the case so just be aware of that be aware of once you find out some information and start hearing about something that's new to you or something that's advice that's really sounds interesting just no need to rush most of the time you should be able to take the time to educate yourself and research these things a little bit more in depth so that you have total confidence and a better understanding i think is important too as you move forward so I think social media is a big one that really is beware of the advice you take there because a lot of times most of these people are not going to be experts. They they just have a thought, they have their experience, and they want to, to share something. And what happens is sometimes things sound great or sound like they make sense, but they may not actually be in reality. But those are the types of things that get shared. You'd be shocked at how many times I see inaccurate information being shared a whole bunch of then actual accurate information actual informative educational information just crickets no one no one ever shares those things it's usually more of those controversial probably less accurate suggestions for advice and so uh, that's that's definitely something that piqued my attention and made me think that yeah i should probably record a video about these types of things there's always news and articles like that too the news stuff usually they're trying to have you be fearful or something so that's another to be aware of that there's definitely conflicts as far as some of the information being provided i see all the time that it's either like dated information or just again not accurate they they kind of try to spin stuff and it's not really a reflection of what reality is as far as the advice or the situation or circumstance so you definitely want to look into those things there's good places that you might want to look though would be like books are a great strong place podcast, you'll want to make sure that the the people speaking are going to be credible and actually have knowledge on those topics. But that's, again, another area where, yep, at least you're starting to move more towards the the area of expertise. You can work with a professional if that makes sense for what you're trying to do, especially financial planning, I think is important if you don't have the time or you don't have the, the expertise or you don't have the excitement to want to hunt down all these different details and make sure that what you're learning is actually specific to your situation because that's the biggest problem is synthesizing things down from the educational portion to the real world, your real life application. And then the the confidence that, yep, you're doing the right thing because there's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts when it comes to those things. And it's going to be very specific to your situation. And I think that the last place that you might take advice or guidance from would be fortune cookies or something like that, a magic eight ball. Uh, probably not the best best idea, uh, but it's fun to, to look at those things. So at the end of the day, I think most of these things, most of these resources, most of these people mean well, they're not trying to steer you in the wrong direction. Obviously, where there's conflicts of interest, that might be a little bit different. And even with friends and family and coworkers, sometimes there's conflicts of interest. Even with that, if they're trying to steer you to to do something that somehow may benefit them in some way, maybe they're going to be going into uh, rental property with you. Maybe you're going to be doing some other type of investment type thing. So there there's always the potential for conflicts of interest and just make sure you're aware of what those things could look like. And it's not to say that it's bad to pursue those, but again, just kind of education, additional information is always helpful because you don't want to just kind of do it on a a gut feeling. You want to do it from a understanding feeling, especially when it comes to your financial life. And so there's quite a few reasons. I highlighted some of them already as far as why not all advice is created equal, which is why you want to be aware of the financial advice that you're taking. And so the the biggest thing by far is if you're not working with experts if you're working with kind of individuals or just a, a random kind of person that you happen to pass or run into like a colleague coworker and things like that is the limited experience aspect the problem with that is there's a thing called Dunning-Kruger effect and this is for for all different types of learning all different types of areas of expertise where just someone that gets a little taste of information and a little bit of experience, all of a sudden they feel like they're experts. They're like, oh man, this is so awesome. Such such great info. I can't wait to tell, tell everyone about it. Everyone needs to know about this. This is awesome. And you start to feel like an expert. And just kind of describing what the Dunning-Kruger effect is, it's kind of a confidence versus experience chart and graph. And so as you're Confidence is going to be on the left side, the the y axis, if you remember math class. Uh, Then the x axis is the confidence, so how much you actually (laughs) know. And so early on with knowing nothing and starting to get a little bit of a taste, that's actually one of the highest levels you'll ever feel in your confidence and expertise level. And what happens is that's where most people get stuck on these kind of shallow things. If you only have your own experience, there's not really that much additional education or experience you gather other than your own kind of unique perspective, your own situation. And so you'll feel like an expert for a very long time. It's not until you start to explore and be open to the idea that other people have different experiences, other people have different backgrounds, and not this particular piece of advice isn't equal to everyone. That's when you start to realize like, uh, ah, Uh, Your confidence drops substantially and those are the people that sometimes even if they are doing well financially, even if they make good financial decisions, they'll still be the first one to say, oh, you should talk to an expert about that because they know enough and they pushed enough on their education to realize there's so much that they don't know and they don't want to steer you accidentally in the wrong direction. And then as someone gets more experience, more knowledge, more expertise there, they slowly start to go up to confidence. It's not that quick jump to, oh, I'm an expert level like most people do on that early side of the education. And it does take quite a while before you kind of reach that guru status and and just kind of are totally enlightened that, yep, I don't know everything. And that's important, especially if you're going to be working with a professional, even financial advisors sometimes early in their career, they'll try to, to guess or think that they're experts just from their limited experience and they might try to do things on their own. It really takes someone that understands that, yep, there's a lot of areas that I don't know and I need to find good resources for that. I need to know where my boundaries are and we can definitely educate ourselves as experts to to find out more and, and get better in those areas. But in the meantime, we should make sure that we're outsourcing that or connecting with other experts in those areas and make sure that we're not going to be driving clients to the wrong education the wrong information. So that's that's important. So limited experience most people just have their own life maybe the residual kind of people around that you kind of see but you might not know their whole financial picture. So limited experience spectacularly limited experience and the cool thing about my experience is I didn't jump right into financial planning. I didn't even know what I wanted to do for the longest time, but I worked at banks and credit units so i was a personal banker and a teller so i got to experience a lot of different points of views from a lot of different kind of clients and members of those institutions uh, then once i became a financial planner i worked for an established firm where i basically was the the service person and, and took care of over 150 households and it's cool to just kind of see the different ways that people's lives can be designed and how people can reach their goals and so that's, that's one of the things that I like is that I'm able to kind of tap into all these different experiences of other people's just from my kind of outside view and kind of guidance with their unique financial situations. And yeah, if you add up the, the financial planning type clients and the, the members of the credit unions that I've kind of got some insight into how they navigated money and whether or not they looked successful, at least from a, a budgetary standpoint or a, a financial standpoint, being able to see those things at that has been super valuable to me as far as helping clients understand like, Oh, yep. Well, we can definitely do it this way, but it's okay to, to go this route. And that's also a nice thing, right? Is knowing that there's not just one way to do stuff. There's kind of a, a gradient level of, well, what are, what are we trying to do? And, and here's three options. There's probably more options, but these are the ones I think that are going to best feel good to you as well as actually help you move on your path to your goals. I think it's important to know too, most people are starting at different points, especially you just kind of think economically, that's that's the case. But then as well as just financial literacy, financial expertise level, not everyone was raised the same way. Not everyone's parents had the same feelings about money or use money the same way. So that's always a cool aspect when I'm working with couples to see how they think about money and approach money differently because of how they were raised. So that's part of it. But then there's also the, well, yeah, did you get help from your parents? Did you not get help from your parents? What what types of things are we dealing with that are kind of like legacy historical things that we had to deal with today? And so if if someone that's never had student loans is giving advice to someone that does have a lot of student loans and they have a lot of other stuff, that's gonna be conflicted and it's not gonna be really based off of really a good understanding of what those people that are carrying student loans have to deal with. So that's important to know too is Everyone starts from a different point and that that helps with kind of perspective and having a a better understanding of, yep, this is something that I've done, but it might not be relevant to this person to do it this way because, yeah, you you have other things going on and it's hard to to give specific advice without knowing all the financial pictures. Different goals is going to be a big one too. So some people it's very easy to find out mathematically, this is the best thing to do from a math standpoint, but that might not be the best thing to do from a quality of life standpoint, because if it came down to it, you'd spend nothing, right? If someone was trying to just say, hey, this is how you become a millionaire, become rich, and, and have so much extra money than what you could ever need, that's just don't spend anything, like just literally do ramen noodle, peanut butter sandwiches, stuff like that. You'd save a lot of money, and yeah, that would probably make the most sense, from a, a bottom line dollar standpoint in a kind of long-term net worth standpoint, but that doesn't make sense. And so there's people, again, kind of that stretch the, the variation as far as, well, what types of things do you need money for? What are your goals? What's actually important to you? How are we going to balance all these things out? Uh, Timelines of goals is important too. I see this be really the biggest issue for a lot of my clients. A lot of the reason why clients decide to work with me is we have all these different things going on and they're falling at different points. I'm being told that this is the best thing to do, but it doesn't feel right because I have this other stuff coming up, this other stuff that we're trying to balance. And so the timelines of goals is very important to understand and get a good grasp around because sometimes it does make sense to kind of just put blinders onto some of these things that are more long-term and focus on the things that are right in front of you and and sometimes it makes sense to kind of split split the difference if there's tax benefits, if there's matching from your employer for own K and things like that. There's always gonna be different things that are gonna weight those decisions a little bit differently. But yeah, again, most people outside of your own experience. And if you're not clear on these things, these other people that are giving you advice definitely aren't going to be clear on what your goals and timelines are. So that's going to be important just for you to, to talk through and walk through yourself to make sure you understand what it is that's important. Then you can start to get a little bit clearer and start to create your own kind of strategy guide and roadmap to how to you're going to achieve these things. I think one good area where financial advice for most people is gonna be good is on the budgeting aspect because there's a lot of tricks, tips, strategies there as far as trying to save money, how to think about money from a money mindset. That's actually most of the time is pretty valuable unless you just run into a crazy person that thinks a little bit too far out of the box where it's just not reality. But that's usually where you can find the best advice. But where it starts to get tricky is where things get more complex, where things are revolving around your goals more so People influencing what your goal should be. You should get married by X date. You should buy a house by X date. You should have X amount of net worth. These things are not up to other people to decide for you. It's really going to be up to you. Oh, this is the career path you need to take. I know uh, that's that's tricky early on, especially when you're going from high school to college, and you kind of people are trying to help. Again, people mean well, but at the same time, that stuff could be damaging if. If you're relying on that advice purely and not doing any additional education or or soul searching for yourself as far as, well, what what are my realistic goals? What should those things be? And just as an example, if you wanted to jump back to one of my earlier episodes when I first launched, it was Kathy Hasselmeyer's episode of season one, episode five, early retirement as a working parent. And she spoke specifically to how her friends and colleagues were doing a lot of travel and, and things like that. And so her and her husband thought, Oh yeah, let's, let's try this. And they did it. And they're like, Oh yeah, it was okay. But from the dollar amounts and the costs and, and things associated with that, it just wasn't something that was going to provide them the same amount of value. They did give it a shot. I don't think they just kind of shot it down from the get go. I think they gave it a shot, realized that, it, yeah, that it was cool, but it's not, not a high goal or priority for us to do these types of things. And so they're able to retire early because they, created their own goals, they, they were able to do their research, they tested it out, and, and they kind of decided for themselves that, you know what, it's gonna be a lot better if we have kind of more financial control and have more flexibility. And you should definitely listen to that episode as to why they felt like that and why why and how they approach their money is really informative, so I, I think you should check that out. But yeah, that's one way that coworkers, friends and family try to influence us, and sometimes they don't do it on purpose that you just kind of see those things and you're like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe that's important. Maybe that's a goal I should have. And so sometimes it's not as blatant as them giving you advice, but you're just kind of witnessing what's going on and you think that's the way to go. And and sometimes you just keep doing things even if it's not as valuable to you and even if it's not balanced with the other goals and other things you want to achieve. Obviously get rich quick. That's one area you don't want to follow it'll get you into to big trouble usually that's lying in somebody else's pockets. And a lot of times it's, it's too good to be true, right? If it sounds too good to be true and if they're saying you're gonna get rich quick and it's easy, no such thing. Run, run, run as fast as you can. Can't catch me, I'm the gingerbread man. That's a story I've been reading with my son. But that's that's basically how I'd approach those things. Tax planning, so tax advice, everyone wants to give tax advice all the time. That's, that's pretty interesting to me. I kind of see that a lot. But what happens is tax planning isn't just a single year thing. You really, when you want to think about tax planning, you want to think about multiple years, not just how can I save taxes this year, but how can I pay the lowest amount of taxes over my lifetime? And so that takes more comprehensive thought and outlook and kind of planning for those things. And tax law is just constantly changing. So that's another reason too, that just just in the last three years, the tax law has changed substantially. You throw in additional wrinkles like uh, the CARES Act, everything going on with COVID 19. There's just a lot of different tax planning opportunities and strategies. And sometimes I even see some of this now with financial planners. They'll give incorrect advice because it's outdated or they just haven't done the research. And so that's important again to just make sure that even if you are working with an expert, just make sure. They explain it to you and it makes sense. And if you still don't feel comfortable, you can go ahead and research it a little bit more in depth. Investment advice. This is one, this one's a lot of people kind of talk about it, kind of like how gamblers talk about their wins. They're like, oh yeah, I've made this amount here. This is why you need to do this. Again, it's kind of bordering the, the get rich quick and gambling kind of talks. Luckily with most investments, you'll be investing in some type of real thing. It's either a company a company or a piece of property or something like that. So usually it doesn't go to zero if there's actually something real attached to it. Once we get into cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency is a whole, whole different thing. It's probably between being a real thing and a lottery ticket. And so take with that what you will. I also have an episode in season one about uh, cryptocurrencies and how I just don't recommend it as being a, a focal point of your plan because it's unpredictable. It's not something you want to count on. But yeah, so most people don't really have a grasp of the risk associated with it. And if things just are going up, it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, like I got the Midas touch. Everything I touch turns to gold because everything's going up. But what happens when things go down? What happens when you're not diversified? And so that's one of the things that you'll run into. And people are trying to take that approach of taking a lot more risk to get a lot more reward, but not really understanding what the risk is could be, and not understanding whether or not you're comfortable with that type of risk, that's where people really get hurt and harmed because maybe even the advice they give you isn't that horrible, but you just don't do the additional education to have that confidence and understanding as to what you own and how that could vary and change for you. And what the worst case scenario is and what happens is a lot of people do the wrong thing at the wrong time when they're not comfortable, when they don't have a better understanding of what that potential downside could be. Another one that I see all the time is going to be debt management. So when it comes to debt, there's definitely a fine line that you want to walk. I think it's, it makes a lot of sense where people say avoid credit cards. And, and even that's complicated because I think I think credit cards are awesome. You should definitely use credit cards if you're disciplined, but you don't want to carry balances on them because they're expensive and there's high interest. But if you paid off every month, you get the rewards and you don't pay any fees or, or taxes depending on if you have an annual fee for your credit card. Also, another different podcast episode on that. Credit cards are awesome if you want to check that one out. And so, yeah, I think that those things are important to understand and navigate because there's a lot of advice that says, nope, pay pay off everything. Don't even bother about investing. Don't bother about saving an emergency fund. Just pay off debt as fast as you can. And that that's just clearly not accurate. That's not the best thing you can do from a protection standpoint, protecting your own situation. Emergency savings does make a lot of sense. And sometimes it makes more sense than paying off some of the debt. And again, it varies based on your situation. It varies based off of interest rates, what your different goals are coming up and things like that. So yeah, there's ways to balance out the debt. And so you want to definitely make sure your plan is and be more specific to your goals, uh, everything you're trying to achieve and, and what you actually have on your plate already, right? So there's things that you can leverage. If someone told you that you should never have debt well, that might make you afraid to ever get a mortgage. And that's that's a horrible thing to do is if one of your goals is to become a homeowner. That's just going to be a moving target. The cost of homes is ridiculous. It would take you so long to save up to that, that usually the cost of inflation and the cost of home prices rising is just going to be moving further and further away from you where you can kind of leverage and get really low interest rate with a mortgage if that is a goal, if that's a goal that's important to you. So that again, I think make sure you just do that additional education. So use this advice as a starting point. Again, even anything that I say, especially on the podcast, because I don't know your specific situation, unless you're a client, then we do dig down into these things and then I can get very specific and I can give you a very detailed reason why. Yep, this is why you should do this because of this. This is how it's going to impact you now. This is how it's going to impact us down the line. But most people don't have that full full picture of your situation me recording these podcast episodes don't have a full picture of your whole picture if you're not a client so take that your time to do additional research get that education start leveling up your education start leveling up your competence and that's going to go a long way and you'll feel really good about it too so obviously rome wasn't built in day. there's going to be a process from where you're at today to where you just kind of gradually learn a little bit more get a little bit more confident if you do make mistakes the best thing always is to avoid the mistakes, but if you can't do that, definitely learn from those mistakes. Try to make those mistakes to be as minimal as possible and then learn from them and, and make sure that if you're going to be giving advice to someone else to just tell them take it with a grain of salt, take this as a seed or kind of initial thought that you need to, to look and research some more, take ownership of your own situation, your own financial situation, because I can give you these ideas and these experiences from my point of view, but that might not be totally lined up with everything that you have going on. So I think we have to be aware of that ourselves too. And that I always had to be cautious because I do know so much and I do like sharing, I do like helping people that I always have to watch what advice I give. And usually because things are usually more complicated, I have to say, Hey, this is something that I've done with a client or this is something I've looked into. Here's a couple of things that you can go and research additional. And that's that's kind of how I had to approach it because I can't really give specific advice because I don't know the whole picture, but I can give them additional resources and encourage them to keep diving deeper, keep learning a little bit more so that, yeah, they can feel more confident about those situations and, and not just taking, oh, Luke's, Luke's a financial planner and I he knows two sentences of what I have going on, and now he's able to give me the answers. That's usually not the case. So I definitely need to do a more comprehensive dive. And, and that's why a lot of times too, I have to stick to my process. A lot of times clients come on board and they want the answer specifically, but it depends, right? On on your goals, your timelines. If I gave you one advice, but I was missing a piece of information, well, that, that changes everything a lot of the times. And so that's why I just kind of wrap my hands around the whole situation, and then then I can confidently say, oh, yep, no problem. This is what I think. This is why. And this is how it's going to affect your other stuff going on. So yeah, hopefully that was insightful. Hopefully you're going to now beware of the advice that you take from other people. And again, even if it's this podcast, make sure you do additional research because these topics, I'm trying to keep them smaller in scale. But with that understanding that hopefully you'll either research this yourself, or if you don't have the time or capacity, you'll reach out to me and, and we can find a way to get you more confident and get your whole kind of financial picture in order and, and clear for you. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I have fun. You're having fun? Cool dude. Yeah. Watch your step. Yeah, but I above um I miss your time. Yeah, I miss you too, dude. Yeah. I love you too. I love you so much. Yeah. Can you close the door a little bit? You don't have to close all the way. Just a little bit. Perfect. That's good. Thank you, buddy.